Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me tonight is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, it's going well, Chris. You know, yeah, usually this is uh, the weather part, mm-hmm. um, but Chris, I don't, I don't know if you saw the picture I shared online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, I have bees. Oh, that's at your house? Yeah. Oh. I thought maybe it was at your work <laughs> or something. Yeah. No, no. So uh, maybe maybe a week or two ago. Uh, I'm going to guess about two weeks ago now. Um, I got up one morning. I just looked out the onto the porch window. And there was a ton of bees in one corner. And I thought, all right, somehow, you know, like uh, one or two got in there, got lost. Other ones joined them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that. You know, because uh, I know bees have, like, you know, little signals and stuff for each other. I'm like, all right, somehow, you know, one got confused and the rest followed. I opened up a bunch of windows. Most of them went away. I thought, all right, this happened. But I keep seeing one or two bees here and there. And I, I thought, all right, you know, there's just bees in the neighborhood. It's no different than flies coming in, stuff like that. Yeah. And then today, I'm where I, I opened it up just to get a breeze going, I looked up and I thought, Something doesn't seem right there. There's like a, th- those like drop ceiling tiles, those like styrofoam, yep. whatever the heck material they are, you yep. know, and then the actual ceiling above that. I said, something doesn't look right here. And uh, I go to push it up and I could feel weight pushing back. I thought, oh no. So I, I went further down on the porch, you know, a, a little safer distance. I popped up and got the phone camera in there. I thought, yeah, that's, that's a hive. That yeah. is absolutely a hive right there. Oh, that sucks. Um, I I never removed them myself. Um, I, I called the the property manager, and in theory, someone will come. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, in, in theory, someone's supposed to come for other stuff over the years too. Yeah. So there there is a part of me that there there might be for listeners there might be an update later on of the time I removed bees by myself. <laughs> So, what kind of bees are we talking about here? Are they hornets or, um, like, bumblebees or? Not bumblebees. Um, whatever whatever looks like bees with the yellow and black stripes, but uh, the bodies are a little bit longer. Yeah, so, like, a, a yellow jacket hornet is probably what it is. Um, are they? All right. Because, like, honestly, I have, the, it... I have almost the exact same problem, but... Um, my the hornet nest that I have in my yard, they went into an old rotted tree uh, stub that uh, is in the backyard, and oh. yeah, that's where they are. Um, so I and I've been trying to get rid of them. You know, I've I've sprayed. You know, like I do my best, cause, but I don't want to get stunned at the same time. Um, yeah. So, but I'm still dealing with them. And yeah, it's, it's frustrating because I guess this time, because I I actually saw this on the news. This, this is a big problem. I want to say in Toronto. Um, and, and I mean, it was a problem here, like even like a month ago, uh, like there's just all these wasps and hornets everywhere. And they were saying because of the smoke and stuff, like they're, I don't know, getting displaced or, or whatever. So, like, 
hives are breaking off to into other places and starting new hives. Huh. So, well, it and it kind yeah, of. Well, it kind of makes sense because, like, with the with the smoke, you know, like typically when people try and get rid of a hive, they'll smoke them out, right? Or if they're trying to get bees out of a hive, so maybe yeah. maybe this all the smoke that we've experienced has really effed up the, you know, wasps, hornets, you know, bee population. I don't know. I'm I not. See I, that. I, that's just a, a little theory I got going on. No, it's not bad theory, and and you know it's the you, you mentioned wasp and hornets. It it looks more like that that um than it doesn't look like a hive with honey or anything. You're right. It looks more like that. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. That wispy, mm-hmm. papery almost. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it looks more like that. Well, that makes it even more fun. Yeah, because well, they're the ones that really will attack. When they feel threatened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that one I have in my yard, I've been meaning to, like, go out in the middle of the night and, like, really poke at it to, you know, like, hopefully kill them or get them to leave. But then I'm always, I always forget. Like, I always get, like, settled in for the <laughs> night. And because I don't want to do it during the day because that's when they're going to strike. And, it's along the fence line yeah. with my neighbors, so I don't want to stir them up and have them going into the neighbor's yard and stinging people. So, uh, so frustrating. Well, and I mean, like, uh, uh, obviously there's, you know, depending on if I have to deal with this or if someone takes care of it for me, and, you know, there might be other research to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we're it's getting cold already. I wonder if this might be an easier thing to do, like, in the winter. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too, because, um, yeah, I know in the wintertime, like, because they'll go into hibernation mode, and then if you stir them up, they will they will still come out, but they'll die right away, like, as soon as they hit that, you know, freezing temperature. That cold air. Yeah, they, they don't last, because that actually happened uh, when I was, like, where I grew up, there was a... A hornet's nest underneath uh, my grandma and grandpa's old log cabin, and it was there for years, years and years. And I remember this one winter; it like warmed up. It got really warm, like in a, like January, February, like like plus temperatures. And then all of a sudden, these hornets like came out, and they they all died. Like like I remember just coming home one day, in the you know now it was winter. And looking and seeing, like, all these dead hornets in the snow. Like, like literally, like, the whole hive. Like, they all came out because they, I guess, they thought spring had sprung. And then, oh, shit, it's actually cold. And then they all died. So, huh. there, yeah, there was, like, this whole nest of hornets just laying in the snow. Like, it was, it was crazy. And then it was nice because for the next, like, couple of years, we didn't have any hornets there. So that was nice. But then, yeah. but then like, it somehow new hornets found that old nest and, and made it their own. All right. Well, I got, so stay tuned listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, anyway, speaking of, uh, just prior to recording, we were talking about, uh, our next episode of the pop culture pub. So I got some programming, uh, changes to, to announce. Um, 
I had originally said on our last episode of the Pop Culture Pub that the next topic was going to be skipped it and why. Um, but then when I sent out the information to the to my po- co-podcasters, I sent out the wrong topic. So that so I just decided we're going to do that next, and then we'll do the other one another time. So the next topic for next week for the Pop Culture Pub is the top three worst superhero movie casting choices. So these are people that were cast in a superhero movie and it was not good. Uh, and then in October we'll do the Skipped It and Why episode. Um, and then also uh, next week, you know, fingers crossed, everything will work out. Uh, we are recording an episode of Trek 1701, but we got a couple uh, new members that will be joining uh, Ragnar and I uh, for the recording. Um, so I, basically what I'm doing is I'm splitting Trek 1701 into two different crews. So the Alpha crew is the original, the four members, well not the original, but the, the four current members of Trek 1701. Uh, so the... Our next episode, whenever we get to it, is going to be talking about Star Trek Voyager. Um, but we just haven't got to it yet because of, um, you know, real life stuff. Um, you know, uh, our one of our co-hosts, uh, Curtis, he, he works away a lot. So it's really hard to, to lock him down uh, to record an episode. Um, so anyway, I ran into Ragnar this last weekend in Edmonton at the Edmonton Expo. And we got talking, and and I ran into uh, another guy that we podcast with on Trek 171. His name's Jess. And we're like, yeah, we got to do another episode. So I talked to to Richard and Curtis and everyone and said, like, hey, would you mind if we do, like, a a beta crew of Trek 171? So that's what we're going to do. We've got a a beta crew uh, coming in. So it'll be Ragnar and myself and Jess, who... Uh, did an episode uh, with us where we talked about season three of Star Trek Picard. And then we've got a new, uh, actually a friend of Curtis's. Uh, when I told, when I asked Curtis, you know, and Richard, you know, would you guys be okay if, uh, with us recording Trek 1701, like certain episodes without you guys as, you know, an alpha and a beta type of situation. And he said, well, actually, uh, one of my good friends is a listener and she really wants to, to podcast with, on Trek 1701. So her name is Stephanie Rose. Um, so she'll be joining us next week. Uh, hopefully everything works out. And yeah, and our topic, uh, let's see here. Our topic for next, that we're doing next week is um, Beta Cruise Star Trek origin stories. Uh, so we discuss what made us Star Trek fans. Uh, so that'll be coming up. We're going to record that next week, but it'll be out uh, two weeks from when you hear this episode. Because in two weeks, we're not going to be recording Geek Fallout Reloaded, because I have to work night shift that week. So we won't be recording. So that, anyway, that was a lot to take in. I apologize, just some programming notes. Um, but for tonight, we are recording Geek Fallout Reloaded. Um, and I actually don't have any, uh, people to discuss in the, in memoriam segment. Kevin, did, did you have any celebrities that you wanted to discuss that may have passed away? 
Let me get my apologies. My notebook was not right next to me, which I thought it was. <laughs> it's all good. It's okay. all good. Um, did we do? I, well, I cannot remember who we did last time. Did we do Jimmy Buffett? Yes, we did. Yes, Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Did we? Bob Barker. Um, yeah. Um, did we do? Uh, what's his name? Steve Horwell, uh, lead singer of Smash Mouth. No, I didn't realize he passed away. He oh. did um, massive liver failure uh, due to alcohol at uh, only 56. Holy crap. Yeah, so it came out like a couple of days before he died, maybe a week at the most. It came out that uh, he was in hospice care and, you know, arrangements had been made. He was surrounded by family. And everyone's like, he he's not that old, and it came out with liver failure, and that's most likely, you know, what it was from. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a couple of days later, at only 56, but I mean, and, and if you get one, you know, like, comments are made about one-hit wonders and stuff like that, but I mean, mm-hmm. Chris, I don't have a hit. You don't have a hit. No. You know, it's like, these people got got one more hit than you know, 99% of the world will ever have. And Smash Mouth had a couple of, like, really catchy songs. Yeah, they had All-Star. You know, a, a good run there. All-Star, and what was their first one? <sighs> but, I mean, like, this is, like, late 90s. Um, like, yeah, they were big. You know, this was um, Sugar Ray, you know, that era. You know, Dawson's Creek. You know, that era of the 90s. But I remember All-Star. Hey, now, you're an All-Star. Um, and I want to say, they, didn't they do one for Shrek? Or was there one of their... Uh, uh, Walking Down the Sun was the first one. Yeah. Uh, then the Morning Comes. They covered the Monkeys, I'm a Believer. Um, yes, but the Shrek yes. soundtrack is their, their biggest one by far. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's too bad. You know, like it 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 kind of sucks, you know. Well, it doesn't kind of suck. It sucks, you know. Um guy, Oh, can't get enough for your baby. Jeez, I forgot that. Yeah, one. right. Yeah. But yeah, 56 is way too young, but um you know, like that uh, uh disease that is addiction, you know. It it it's a terrible disease and um, it has its hooks in a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, again, I'm not making light of anything or, or questioning someone's decisions or anything like that, but I was just thinking, how much damage did you do to cause liver failure in your 50s? Well, but, I mean, that's the rock star life, too, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you drink every day and you know, drink to excess every day. Like, you know, like if you're an alcoholic, you know, like you are most alcoholics. I'm not saying all alcoholics, but most alcoholics are basically what you and I would say getting drunk uh, every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your body can only, you know, like you're literally poisoning yourself over time. Um, and your body can only take so much, you know. Um it's really, you know, no different than any other addiction. 
you know, if you overeat all the time, like it's going to catch up with you eventually. And, and, true. And it's not, not that there's a quote safe alcohol, but what I mean by that is it's not like they're drinking something that's light and easy on the stomach and everything to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like at that point you're drinking the harshest, hardest stuff. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, like, actually, I know somebody that's going through something similar right now, and his drink of choice is vodka. And the thing is, like, during the pandemic, people were buying vodka to use as hand sanitizer. Yep. And and that's what you're putting into your body. You know, like it's. Yeah, it's too bad. I, I hate hearing stories like that. You know, it's... I mean, I our in-memoriam segment, I don't like hearing about anyone passing away, even with, the, you know, Bob Barker was 99. You know, I still think he was too young to go. Um, but, you know, when I when I hear about people, you know... And, and, you know, like, I know some people, you know, get judgy and they say, well, you know, they, he chose to drink. Well, n- yeah, but at some point the disease takes over, you know, and I really believe that addiction, whether it be alcoholism, whether it be drugs, you know, is a disease um, that affects, you know, not just the liver, but it affects your mind, it affects your, you know, everything, um, like any other disease, you know, uh, alcoholism, uh addiction whatever it's yeah it's no less uh dangerous or or debilitating than like a cancer like to be honest with you um and it just it just sucks because some people are just susceptible to that you know that disease i know like myself like i quit drinking um over a year and a half ago now uh and i wasn't an alcoholic like that's the th- and that and that's the thing. Like, as as a person who's made a conscious effort to quit drinking and to not drink, I can tell you, like in social situations, it's it's not easy sometimes. Um, you know, you get invited to a barbecue and every you know have a beer. You know, everyone's trying to give you a beer and you're like, nah, I'm okay, okay, you know, whatever. And then like. Um, this one, like when I went down to Vulcan, I went to uh, a tailgate party that my friend puts on every year. His name's Tyler. Um, but you know, everyone typically gets drunk at these at these tailgate parties, and usually that was like my once a year where I get drunk type of thing, right? <clears throat> but this year was like the first year that I didn't do that at the tailgate party. I was the, like the sober guy, and I was drinking fake beer. I was drinking like zero percent beer. And, you know, people were just giving me a hard time for it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to come back to this party next year. Just because I choose not to drink, I don't want to be harassed about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for, and I mean, like I said, I wasn't an alcoholic. So I can only imagine how difficult it is uh, for an alcoholic like you know like i know this is a slightly different disease but like i'm i'm a type 2 diabetic 
you know, and I've had to change my diet and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I was diagnosed seven years ago. And it's something that, like, I knew, I knew was in the cards, you know, like, both my grandmas were diabetic. My dad was, or is diabetic, I mean. Um, you know, like, a lot of my family's diabetic, right? So I knew this was coming. I knew I had to make adjustments. But I gotta tell you, man, when, when, when I'm, when I'm standing there at the checkout aisle at the, at the grocery store and they got, you know, uh, score bars, like four for three bucks or whatever, you know, whatever the deal is, I'm like, damn, that's hard to, that, that's so tempting right now, but I know that is not good for me and I can't do that. Uh, and that's just sugar. You know, I can only imagine what it would be like with alcohol, especially like if you're at a party or, you know, how difficult that would be. Yeah, I, I can avoid alcohol that, that's simple for me. Um, you know, I, I have uncles that, oh, have a beer with me for, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. <laughs> and I'll just have, like... I've realized that they have no idea how much I've had because they're busy drinking themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all I have to have is a can by me. Yeah. You know, like they're not going to know if I've had a sip or if I've had five of these, like they're, they're not going to know. They just, yeah. You know, that's how they socialize. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll just have the can next to me really. Um, but yeah, the sugar, that's the tough one. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would have no problem if I'd never had a alcoholic, drink again in my life i am struggling with like the bread and stuff for mm. going gluten-free but yeah. i get i get sick so it's easy yeah it's it's tough i want it some days but i don't want to be sick so it's easy but sugar god that's tough mm -hmm. i just i i got a freaking thing of chocolate almonds in front of me right now i just yeah the sugar is such a tough one to break oh yeah it totally is um like, what, uh, like, you know, I mean, I'm not completely sugar-free. Like, I, everyone, you know, I'll, I'll indulge every once in a while, but not to excess. Um, and there's certain products that I avoid completely, like pop. Um, you know, I, I drink Diet Coke. I don't drink Coke. Um, Slurpees. I used to love Slurpees. Mm -hmm. That's a no-no now. Um Ice cream is like a treat, like once a week, maybe, um, not every day. Like, you know, I remember in my early twenties buying, uh, like a milkshake maker, like the old fashioned milkshake maker. Ooh. And the reason why I gave that up at the time was because I literally could see my gut getting bigger. I'm like, wait a second. This all started when I got that milkshake maker. Um, so then I had to put that away because I realized this is a very slippery slope. Um, but um, no, like with uh, alcohol, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, as long as you have a, a pop in your hand, like, you know, people or put it in a glass, people usually don't bug you at a party or whatever. And the tailgate, I actually probably would have got away with it, but I was drinking the fake beer. So my friend Tyler was like, wait a second, I thought you quit drinking. And I'm like, well, I, I did. It, this this is fake beer. Yeah. And then I got razzed that, you know, 
you know, that's a waste of, of beer to, to make it fake and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I don't really like being around drunk people when I'm not drunk myself, you know? No, <laughs> no, it's no fun. <laughs> yeah, you realize, man, am I like this? Like when I was drunk, I probably was. Um, but no, um, uh, the, the, the person that I was speaking of that's uh, going through this liver thing, he was actually the reason why I quit drinking, um, because he wanted, he, he had to quit drinking. Uh, his doctors told him he had to quit and he had nobody to quit with him. And I said, I'll quit with you. Uh, let, let's do this. And, uh, unfortunately he fell off the wagon, but he was an alcoholic and I wasn't. So it was easy for me to stay on the wagon. And, uh. I've kept off the wagon as, as, you know, like an inspiration, I guess. Like, I'm hoping he'll see it and be like, you know what? I want to do what Chris is doing. I, th I think I like that better. Um, so anyway, that's why I quit. Not that I had an issue. Um, but not saying I was a saint when I drank either. You know, like, I know I could be a, you know, especially if I get into the whiskey. <laughs> you know, you know, like that saying, like, uh. Artie Lang has that uh, comedy album. Um, it's it's not me. It's the whiskey talking. Mm -hmm. That's true. It is a that is a thing. That is a phenomenon. Whiskey really can make you be an asshole. It really can. But anyway, this was quite the tangent that, was. that we went on. <laughs> I'm talking about addiction and quitting drinking and, but that was a good you know good tangent. But unfortunate for, for the. You know the Smash Mouth singer, um, <clears throat> but even even like fifty six years old, like Jesus, has Fat Smash Mouth been along, around that long that that guy's fifty six? Yeah, and it's like yeah, he he is. You know, like it's, it's crazy. But is that the only one you had for in memoriam? That is the only one I had. I, and okay. I mean, granted, you know, there's there's. <clears throat> There's plenty of deaths, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but for for our, uh, our 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 demographic, our genre, yeah. that's that's the only one I found there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. So anyway, um, uh, after the in memoriam segment, I'm going to move on to the Chris's soapbox oh. segment. Um, so this is like an opinion segment. I'm just going to stand on the soapbox in my recording studio and and just kind of rant about stuff. And then if, if Kev wants to do some ranting about stuff, he can. Absolutely. <coughs> I apologize. I still have my cough. You know, I think I'm going on my third week. And we had, like, terrible smoke last week. Ugh. Like, I, I could feel it. Like, this last weekend, it was bad in, in Edmonton for the Edmonton Expo. So I'll start there. Uh, I went to the Edmonton Expo this weekend. Um... It's the, the largest Comic-Con that they have in Edmonton. It's, um, I think, the third largest in Western Canada. Calgary's the largest, and then I think Vancouver, and then I think Edmonton. I think that's how it goes. Um, and, I mean, they had some good celebrities. They had Giancarlo Esposito, whom I've already met and got my picture with. Um, you know, they had some Arrowverse people. They had... Um, oh, who, who was the big one? Oh, uh, John Reese davies uh, who was Sala. 
and Gimli in Lord of the Rings, Sala and Indiana Jones. Um, but none that I really felt I had to make a point of going to get to see. Um, so I didn't do the celebrity photo op this time. I didn't do any autographs. I did, I did see some celebrities walking around. Uh, I seen Dr. Crusher. Um, uh, who else did I see? I seen Dr. Crusher. I seen the actress that plays Raffi, Michelle Hurd from Star Trek Picard. Um, that might've been it. Um, but basically I, it was just like a glorified shopping trip. Like we just hit the, the, the vendors floor. Um, we didn't go see any Q and A's or anything like that. I had my daughter with me. She's 16. I had my nephew with me. He's 12. Um, and yeah, it, it was just a fun day walking around. I seen Ragnar, uh, got to visit with him for about five minutes. We got our picture taken together. Um, I found my new next purchase, uh, for Calgary and I'm going to be saving up my coins. I mean, I'm going to be taking in my bottles, uh, for recycling money. Cause I want to save up for this. And I, and I'm, I'm sure you saw the picture Kev with me and the Wolverine claws. I did indeed. Yes. I want to buy those cause the, it, they were <laughs> so cool. Like you, you really feel like Wolverine when you got those things. Um, so you can buy one set of claws, I think for one seven or no one fifty, but you can buy both for two twenty five. Which and I mean this is like real metal. Like it's 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 really nice. It's not flimsy, it's not plastic, it's it's the real deal. Um so I told my wife, yeah, I'm saving up for that. That I'm I that's something I gotta get. I wanna get those and I and I do still wanna get a Captain America shield one day, like a, you know, one of those real big ones, like the real sized Captain America shield. Yeah. <clears throat> I keep telling my wife, you know, like, it just makes sense, you know, like, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, you know, we could use this thing, um, you know, if anyone takes a shot at me, I could, you know, I'll, I'll just put the shield in front of the bullet, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's got its uses. Um, it's not made of vibranium, unfortunately, um, so I can't, I can't throw it like a frisbee, or wouldn't be able to throw it like a frisbee, but... Um, you know, I think these are just things I, you know, they could, they could serve practical, you know, and those claws, like in a zombie apocalypse, I'd be, I'd be set, man. There'd be, you know, lots of ways to take out zombies with those bad boys. So we'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so Ragnar, saw uh, Jess, who podcasted with us, uh, previously, I, I've seen pictures of him online, uh, because, um, I added him as a Facebook friend, uh, but he actually would recognize me because I was at his table and he's like, Hey, you're, are you Chris from the podcast? I was like, Ooh, I got it. There's a fan. <laughs> I'm getting recognized. And I, Oh, my podcast. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still nice, but you know, it's, I'm still waiting for that fan interaction, you know, but yeah. they're out there somewhere, but one day, one day I'll find them. Um, so yeah, it was great to see him. Uh, Great as, uh, as always, see Ragnar. I see. I, I run into this one buddy I used to work with like 16 years ago. 
I see him at conventions with his family. Um, it was great to see him. Uh, some, you know, awesome cosplay. Um, my nephew, he didn't find anything he wanted to get at the convention. Because uh, he's, his, uh, he's a big NASCAR guy. He loves NASCAR. Uh, he collects uh, NASCAR cars, like the, uh, not Hot Wheels, but whatever company makes the, the NASCAR brand. NASCARs, he collects those. Um, so there's a store in a town, um, on our way back home, uh, that's called, uh, every man's treasure. Uh, so it's, a, it's like a thrift store, but it's also like a collector store as well. Uh, so he's like, can we, can we stop there? I'm like, yeah, you know, if you can't find anything at the convention, yeah, we could swim by there. It's on the way home. No big deal. Man, is that a cool store? I was like... <laughs> I was blown away. Like, I bought a, a complete set of Opeechee Dick Tracy the movie cards. Oh, really? Yeah, for 15 bucks, a complete set. I'm like, I love this movie, you know? And back in those days, like, you know, the, you know, Dick Tracy, Batman, Ninja Turtles, they all had cards, like, uh, trading cards that they came out with. It was just something that movies like that used to do back in the day. Yeah. So it's like, damn right, I'm going to pay 15 bucks for that. Um, so I definitely want to go back there because I didn't actually look through the whole store because uh, Damien, that's my nephew, he, he just went to his spot where he could pick out, you know, his NASCARs that he knew were there. Um, and I picked out a couple Mustangs for my Hot Wheels Mustang collection. But they're actually not Hot Wheels. They're Bart, uh, Bartlett, the, the auction. Um Bartlett and something. They do they do those those antique car auctions on uh, on the racing channel. Um, I want to say they 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 go out of Mandalay Bay, but anyway, it was their brand of of cars, but they were Mustangs. So that was really cool. So anyway, bottom line is it it, it you know like I didn't see any celebrities. Uh, didn't get any autographs, but I still had a good time. You know, good time with out with uh, my daughter and my nephew. So, um, so the next thing I have uh, for the soapbox is I made some big decisions this past weekend. Um, decisions that have been a long time coming. Um, and you know, they're it's definitely going to affect affect my life. In uh, in some ways, um, the first one is I finally cut the cord with satellite TV. That okay. was that was a hard one because I've had satellite TV for twenty four years. Uh, because I used to live uh, not where I live now. Um, I live in Barhead. But I used to live uh, north of Barhead, uh, actually on an acreage. Uh, so satellite TV was a requirement if you wanted decent TV. And as a 19-year-old man living on his own, I wanted decent TV. Uh, so I've been a I've been a satellite customer uh, with with different companies over the years. I've switched companies every few years. You know, they give me a better deal or whatever, better signal, that kind of thing. 
Um, but this this year, um, we just haven't been using the satellite. And it really became obsolete when they upgraded our internet. Um, because we found out this year when they upgraded our internet that the when they previously had us set up for internet, we they, they only set us up like at 50% capacity. So we literally... Our, our, they were, we were literally running on half internet that we should have been. So when they, when they brought in the new router and stuff and they, uh, hooked us up through a, a couple of te telephone cables, we actually increased our, our output to the internet or our internet capabilities by 50%. So we, like, we doubled what we had. Um, and now, like, yeah, we're just streaming everything. So it's like, why am I paying for satellite? Like, I, I kind of kept it around because Crystal still used it. But even she said, like, I haven't really watched the satellite in, like, two months. It's like, well, then why are we paying for this? Let's get rid of it. Uh, so we did. We cut the cord. Uh, we sent the receivers back. And now we're just completely online. And if, if something happens to the Internet... We got enough DVDs and Blu-rays to keep us going, because um, there's, I've bought DVD like box sets of you know certain shows and um, that I haven't even got to yet because I'm streaming. So if if the internet goes down, you know, gives me an opportunity to to tackle some of these DVDs that are just sitting there collecting dust and, and Blu-rays. And then another thing, I quit this weekend. We actually quit this probably back in February, but it was this weekend. My wife and I actually talked about it and we're like, yeah, we got, you know, we're going to quit this. So for, it started in 2012 and it ended, um, I want to say it started summer 2012 and it ended, I'll say February this year. So it's like. 11 and a half years, I guess. If I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah, 11 and a half years. Um, and that's watch um, the British uh, soap Coronation Street. Uh, it's a staple in Britain. It's a staple in Canada. I, you know, like I said, we got into watching it like 11 and a half years ago. Um we used to go up to uh, my wife's grandma and grandpa's and they were big Coronation Street fans like that. Like we would go spend a week with them every summer with the kids. And in 2012, I remember that summer, it was raining a lot. So normally when we would go up and visit grandma and grandpa, if Coronation Street came on, we would take the kids outside because, you know, it's Coronation Street time and it has to be quiet. Uh, but that summer... Uh, we didn't have that option because it was raining. So we just had to keep the kids quiet in the house while they watched Coronation Street. So we would sit on the couch and and sit there. And then my wife and I actually got into watching it with them because we were like, well, who's this guy? Who's that guy? You know, you know, some interesting stuff was happening. So then when we drove home that Monday, because the thing with Coronation Street is they generally end the week on a cliffhanger going into Friday. So you got to come back Monday to find out, you know, does this person die? Does this person live? 
you know, did that person actually marry that person? Is this person sleeping with their sister? You know, you got to find these things out, right? And so we came back on the Monday. We watched uh, Coronation Street episode. But then it also, because they also have mini cliffhangers at the end of every episode. So then we're like, oh, no, well, let's watch tomorrow. And then it became what we, we just started watching it all the time. But um, we were really struggling at the end of last year uh, to keep going with it. Because some of the storylines are have not been very great. Um, and then for me, um, my, the Edmonton Oilers, I'm a hockey fan, so I've been watching. Last year, I watched the most Edmonton Oilers games in one season I've ever watched. Because um, the Edmonton Oilers have just, they have such an amazing team. They have two of the probably best players currently in the NHL playing on their team. And I just watched a lot of hockey, you know, just didn't. And then we fell behind and fell behind. And then we thought, well, if the Oilers, you know, don't make the playoffs, we'll, you know, we'll get back to Coronation Street. Then they made the playoffs. And then by the time they got knocked out of the playoffs, it's like summertime. And it's like now we're like three or four months behind on Coronation Street. And they record six to seven episodes a week. So, you know, it, then this summer we watched a few episodes kind of like checking in and, oh, okay, well, obviously, you know, something happened to that person, something happened to this person. Thought maybe we could check in. But then we just decided, you know, it's just, we've missed so much. It's just, we're going to give it up. Because this year the Oilers are going to be on fire again. I just know what I'm going to be watching lots of hockey. And plus, I got all these other shows to watch. Like, I've only watched the first two episodes of Ahsoka. You know, um, I, I've only watched three episodes of this season of Foundation. And, like, my summer, like, I was just doing lots of stuff. Like, I just don't have time. Um, but, it, you know, I just feel bad because, you know, it's kind of like... Um, you know, Crystal's grandma and grandpa, you know, they watch this. Apparently, my grandpa used to watch it. Um, he was a big fan of it, so. But, yeah, Coronation Street, you know. Moving on. Um, and last but not least, um, I started in a bowling league last week. Ooh. Yeah, uh, doing five-pin bowling. Um so with my new job and my new schedule, um, I have my evenings free. Uh, and then my cousin is running the bowling alley. And she's like, do you know anyone that can put together a bowling team? Because we're looking for bowling teams. And I'm like, and my mom was like, well, you can put a team together, Chris. Like, you have your evenings off now. I'm like, you're right. I do have my evenings off now. I could totally put together a bowling team. So I got my, my sister, my brother-in-law, my uh, my aunt, and my aunt's boyfriend, and myself. So we're a team of five, and uh, we're called uh, Split Happens. That's our team name. <laughs> and, yeah, I've bowled twice now. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um but yeah, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to miss a week 
because I'm working those night shifts, um, just because, you know, now that I'm the now that I'm one of the bosses at work, I got to juggle people's schedules around, and this was the only way to make it work was that for me to step in and, and work these night shifts. So, so we're gonna. I'm gonna miss uh, uh, my podcast that week, and I'm gonna miss my bowling that week. Uh, so, yeah. Sacrifice sacrifices we make, but hopefully that that'll be the only one I miss. Yeah, things do happen. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. When and we'll see what you know, you know, see what happens. Um, but that's all I got for the soapbox there, Kev. Did did you have anything you wanted to step on the soapbox and discuss? Well, you know, you mentioned. Um given up on, on your soap opera there. And the funny thing is, um, I, I went through a similar one of, you know, you're, you're in the same room with it. And that's mm -hmm. how you get into it. Um, my mom watched, uh, young and the restless and bold and beautiful for years. Still mm -hmm. does. And when I was growing up, that was the only TV in the house. Yeah. So very, it, and uh, if she had to work, you know, so I'm in school and, you know, she's working, she would tape it, you know, set, set the timer on the VCR to tape it. Mm -hmm. And then she'd come home and watch it. And it was, all right, well, don't, you know, don't bother her while she's going through. And she'll fast forward through commercials or, yeah. you know, if, if something just doesn't interest her on, you know, oh, I don't like the storyline. She just fast forward through it. But she went she has access to one of the streaming services, one of mine, so that she can have that stuff. Mm. You know, so she'll still watch it. She's mostly given up on Bold and Beautiful, but she'll still do Young and Restless. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I'm just like, all right, you know, like, you know, the, the important thing is that she likes it. Yep. But I remember stuff, and I, I remember working years and years ago, and Young Restless was on in the break room, and people were like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And I said, does anyone really want to know? And they're like, you are the last person I expected to know what's happening yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's been on TV at my mom's for years now. I know what's going on. Even if I don't want to know, I know. But as soon as... Oh, you know, Jesus, probably when I went to college. So, I, you know, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm visiting her and it's on, I'll just be like, oh, what, you know, what happened to that person? What happened to this person? Um, but I don't care. I'm not watching it myself. It's got nothing to do with, you know, my day to day life or anything. Um, but I mean, the soap opera that I have watched forever is wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of taking the same attitude of it there's so much of it i have so limited time i'm like well let me fast forward you know i don't care about this story at all yeah. so i'm gonna fast forward through that i don't yeah. care about this person at all and i'm like why am i forcing myself to watch every minute of this it's all you know like look at all the like uh sci-fi anthology books that are out there with short stories in it yeah it's rare that any of us are going to read every story in one of them mm-hmm you know, you might try, and after a page or two, if you're like, I'm not caring for this, then you move on to the next one. Yep. You know, but it's very rare to read all of it. And I, you know, for, there, there's so much, like you're saying, all the shows that you haven't been able to get to yet, 
all right, so why are we spending time with a show just because it's tradition, mm-hmm. but we're not actually enjoying it anymore? Yeah. Well, and the thing with Coronation Street is, like, there's certain actors, there's certain things that I still enjoy on that show. But overall, it's like, I'm so far behind at this point. Like, I just, you know, I just don't feel like I'll catch up. And um, and to be honest, like, when I gave up wrestling back in the day, like, I kind of went through the same thing. It was like, this is hard to do, but... You know, I'm just not watching it, you know, or, yeah. or caring who's who's on it right now. Um, and, yeah, it's funny. You say Young and the Restless. Um, I used to watch that, too, uh, because when I started dating my wife, that was her soap opera of choice. Um, so, uh, you know, for, I don't know, months, our tradition was, um, like, because I used to work straight night shifts. So I'd get off work. I'd get back into town about 8.30, um, and she only lived like a block and a half from where I was living, so I would just walk to her apartment, and then I would sit and have breakfast with her, and then that's when Young and the Restless would be on from 9 till 10. So I'd sit there and watch Young and the Restless with her while we had breakfast and stuff, Um, because she ran a day home, so, so, you know, she's babysitting kids and stuff, so... And she had, you know, her two oldest were there. And, uh, yeah, so that's what we would do. We'd watch In on the Restless. And then when it was over, I'd go back over to my place and sleep for the day and then come back over in the evening. And that, that's just what we did. And we, and we kept watching In on the Restless for probably two or three years afterwards. Um, but then, yeah, we just both kind of looked at each other and, like, are you enjoying this? And she's like, no, not really. Well, let's just stop, you know? Um, but also, yeah, speaking of Young and the Restless, I did see there was an actor on Young and the Restless that just recently passed away, a young actor. Yeah, um, um, Billy Billy Miller. Yeah, he. I don't recognize him, so I know he's not anyone from back in the day. Um. I no, but. he he was recent. He was on General Hospital as well. I believe he played Billy Abbott. I think like a, a son of Jack Abbott. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Jack's still on there, and and uh, and what's his name, uh, Victor. Yeah. Um, fun fact with Victor is he's I believe he's actually British. Um, but he plays an American, um, and he was in Planet of the Apes 3, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. I don't know if you remember that movie at all, um, but that's when Zira and Cornelius come back in time to the 1970s, and then they end up shooting them at the end of the movie. Um, it's actually, uh, Victor... The uh, the guy who plays Victor who shoots the the ape baby. Oh, yeah. At the end of the, and then he gets shot by Cornelius. Well, he well he yeah he shoots Zira and then he shoots the baby, and then Cornelius shoots him and then Cornelius gets shot. But then you find out at the end of the movie that Zira had switched babies with the other circus baby. 
So he just killed the circus baby and the and the real baby who would go on to be um Caesar um was actually speaking in at at the end of the movie. So yeah, I, and it's crazy seeing him so young and without his iconic mustache. Like it was it's really cool. Plus he was also in Titanic as well. That's true. Yeah. Uh damn, I'm drawing a blank on his name though. I know his his real name? Eric Broden? Braden. Braden, yeah. Braden. Yeah, he plays Victor Newman. Yeah. And I used to have a big crush on what's her name? Sharon uh Newman. Sharon Newman. Yeah. Slash Abbott slash everything over the years. Yeah. Um uh Melody Scott? Maybe is the actress's name? Mel- Melody something I wanna say. Yeah. Some listener yelling at me right now. Yeah. Yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of beautiful people on that show. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of yeah, it's crazy that a lot of a lot of balls going at that on that show. A lot of coffee house talk. Uh, they oh my s- god! When they added the coffee house, I re- I was watching it then. Yeah, and then like I like I don't watch it, but every once in a while, you know, like I'll because it it usually airs right before my local five o'clock news. So I'll sometimes I tune or I, when I had my cell, I guess I won't be doing it now. But when I would tune to that <laughs> channel, um, I'd catch the end, and they have like a garden set now where everyone seems to like go and do walking conversations in the garden. Um, and then, you know, there's always people trapped in an elevator at some point. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good things. Um, yeah, I got into watching the Gilmore Girls, uh, when I dated my ex before my wife, because she was into Gilmore Girls. And then when we broke up, I still kept watching it because I fell in love with, uh, uh, was it Lauren Graham? Lauren Graham? I want to say her name is? Lauren Graham, I think, yeah. yeah. She plays the mom, the Lorelei Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, did you have anything else for the soapbox there, Kev? Um, not for soapbox. All right. I got I got notes for other stuff, but not for soapbox. All right. So we'll move on to the news segment. Um, so my first article I got here is Canada is still getting screwed out of content. Um. <laughs> So I've I've noticed some YouTube channels are not available in my country, um, but yet sometimes their videos show up on my feed. Uh, for example, like uh, Sci-Fi uh, in the states or Siffy, whatever you want to call it, um, they do uh, online stuff um, where they in, like because like I got into this rabbit hole of watching interviews about Image Comics. Um, and all that kind of stuff. And are you seeing this message that I'm seeing? What? I don't know. I'm bit... Uh, Meet with... I don't know. Someone's saying they're taking off their jeans. Now they're taking off... Oh. They're taking off their underwear. 
WW Girls for Blank. No. <laughs> I'll show you my blank. No, thank you. I don't know. Where is it? In the Facebook chat or the no, Skype chat? No, Skype. The, I get, I'm getting these Skype things popping up. I'm like, who is this? First, I thought it was you. I was like, you're taking off your jeans. So, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't know if I needed to know that, but <clears throat> but anyway, I'm not clicking on that link. Yikes. No, no, I got nothing. Weird. Um, but yeah, the Sci-Fi Channel does these videos because I yeah, like I said, I got caught in this rabbit hole of watching stuff about Image Comics. And they were doing interviews. Um, and I'm enjoying these videos. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to the channel and see what else they got. And then, yeah, I get to the channel. This channel's not available in your country. But it's like you're showing me v videos from it, like it, it, as suggestions. But you yeah. Won't, but you won't let me go to the channel itself? I don't. like. I, like and I know it's our government. Like, I know it's the Canadian government because they're dickheads when it comes to stuff like that. And like you were saying, I think it was you, Kev, saying that on Pluto TV that The Price is Right has its own channel. Yeah. Uh, following Bob Barker. So I decided I'm going to go check that out because I'd love to see some old Bob Barker. But not in the Canadian version. Canadian version, there's no Bob B Price is Right channel on Pluto TV. Um, With I, you getting rid of the, the dish, I almost wonder if... Um, you want to mess with a like a VPN for some of your internet stuff. So you, I wonder if that would work to watch, you know, like the yeah version of some of the stuff. I'm I'm I am seriously thinking about doing that because I know my sister does that. Um, because my brother-in-law is Swedish, um, so like they like to be able to like, for example, access Netflix Sweden because they have Swedish content. That, that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and different things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually thinking about doing that. Um, because, yeah, like I said, it's probably the Canadian government influencing companies for what they call CanCon. Um, and that's short for Canadian content. Um, like, I know, like, the radio stations, they have to, they have to play a certain amount of CanCon every hour to basically stay in business. Like it's a it's a it's a legal requirement, um, and because Canada has the Space Channel, or CTV's the Space Channel now, uh, as it was so awesomely rebranded, um, they don't want us seeing Sci-Fi Channel stuff. Okay, so, so take take something like the Flash, which is or was because it's over now. But was on the CW, which is an American channel, but it's filmed in Vancouver. So, what would that count as? Um, what they do? <clears throat> okay, so I'm trying to think. The Flash. Uh, it. I, I honestly don't know what channel that was on in Canada. Honestly, I think the the Arrowverse stuff kind of got dropped. By Canadian companies, so we actually got to watch it on WB or uh, CW. Um, but for a while there, like I think Arrow was airing on CTV, um, 
So what? So like, say if I turn tuned into um, WPIX out of New York to watch yeah. Arrow, they would superimpose the CTV feed over WPIX. Okay, but like a show that's filmed in Canada, but is quote an, uh, an American show. Mm-hmm. Does it count as an American show or is it a Canadian show? Because it airs on an American station, but it's filmed in Canada. I don't like. I would think it would count towards CanCon because yeah, um, it's filmed there. Yeah, it's filmed. They're using Canadian unions. They're using Canadian, you know, infrastructure. I would think it would. Um, but it, it's so weird. Like, like would bet oh uh, when um. Ronald Moore's Battlestar Galactica was on the air. They would air episodes ahead of Canada, uh, but it's filmed in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was so frustrating. Like like th- like certain things have gotten better. Like like I want to say like season three of Battlestar Galactica, they would air. The, the new episodes the same time as they did in the States. So we didn't have, you know, like basically when internet picked up, <clears throat> they realized they couldn't screw us over anymore. Because <laughs> um, people are just going to like unsubscribe to, you know, the Space Channel and, and just pirate it. Um, but yeah, every once in a while it still comes up where it's like, what, you know, like why do we get these inferior products or... Why don't we get access to this? But anyway, the pro, you know, one of the crappy things about being a Canadian is having to deal with that. Um, so the next thing I got is Drew Barrymore apologizes for attempting to resume production of her TV talk show. Um, apparently, Drew Barrymore was, you know, like, was gonna you know bring her show back um i guess she was gonna do most of the writing herself and she had some non-unionized writers that were gonna help out and you know you know she was gonna interview some stars and but yeah the wga and the is it sag or no not yeah. sag yeah is it sag yeah just killed and screen actors killed yeah they just were not having it and they really put the screws to Drew Barrymore, and she, you know, made this tearful apology. And it's like, come on, guys! Like the Drew Barrymore show, like that's really gonna break you? Like I, I don't get it. Like because, like The View and some of those other shows are back on, but they're based in New York, I believe, so they're not getting as much backlash i guess well it it depends on how many writers you have and also who your guests are Hmm. so the view doesn't have writers really it's the five women and half you know the first half of the show is just them discussing whatever topic is going on but you know like once or twice a year something goes viral on the show clearly there's no script they're just Hmm. speaking um some celebrities would still come on now during the strike, but a lot of them you're coming on to promote um, a movie or TV show. Well, now you don't have a new movie or TV show. So why come on to promote 
you, when you don't have anything to promote. Yeah. Now, someone could, you know, maybe someone has a cookbook coming out or a musician could certain could still come out or something like that mm-hmm. or um, Broadway still going on. So there is still stuff to, you know, go out there and promote. But a lot of the people they would usually have don't have any, any reason to be on the show anymore. So their conversation just going longer. Yeah. But any of the ones that. So, okay, um, like a lot of the late night shows, they have a writing staff that's part of the Writers Guild. They don't want to be seen as scabs, so they're not going to write anything for it. So those shows are just on hiatus as well, mm-hmm. because you got you're in the union, you got to stick with the union. Because even if you say, "Hey, it's just a late night show," I'm just going to write a couple jokes. Okay, but now a year, two years, five years, whatever, when you're still in this union, now you're pitching your TV pilot or your movie script. They're going to remember you were one of the scats. Mm-hmm. So you're screwing yourself over if you do it. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, they pro- someone probably said, do you want to act again? Then yeah. don't do this. Um, some of them, uh, Drew Barrymore, I could see, uh, I believe she has a good heart. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, some of them, like Bill Maher, I do not believe has a good heart. No, like he he, he was uh, waiting to see how it went for her. Yup. You know, and I, and I think Bill Maher is like, I'm not making money. I want to make money for me, so I'm going to come back and screw everyone striking. Mm-hmm. I, I think he was only concerned about himself and making money. I think Drew Barrymore was probably like, hey, my camera guy's not getting paid right now. My makeup mm-hmm. person's not getting paid right now. Yep. Let me go back to work so these people can get paid. Yeah. I, I think she probably had the best of interests. Yeah. Now, a, there are certain celebrities... Uh, and certain people in charge of shows that are taking care of their crew. It's very few, yeah. but some of them are. Um, and then uh, some of them are doing other things just, you know, to bounce a little bit. I don't think it's a coincidence that John Cena and The Rock, who are now actors, have both appeared on SmackDown mm-hmm. because they don't have any acting jobs right now. Yeah. So their schedule's pretty free. Yeah. No, they, no, they just wanted to come back just for the heck of it. No, yeah. you came back because that's a payday that you're otherwise not getting right now. Yep. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I really hope they this gets resolved. I mean, like for me personally, you know, I. Like I said, you know, I, I'm not for the corporations um, hiding things. They should be transparent. But at the same time, they're the ones putting out the money. And, yeah, it's it, it's it's complicated. Um, I just hope they can resolve this. Because, like you were mentioning, like with, with Drew Barrymore wanting to, um, you know, get her employees some money you know, to get them back to work. There's all these other peripheral jobs that are affected, you know, that these, you know, people are losing money and possibly losing, you know, their business or their homes because of the strike, even though they're not directly involved in it, they had no say in it, but because they serve, um, 
you know, those unions in some way, shape or form, now they're affected, you know, like the, the caterers, the, you know, housekeeping, the, you know, um, you know, all the people that build, you know, build the sets and do all this other stuff and none of them are working or barely working. Um, you know, so I don't know. It just kind of irks me because yeah, it's easy for, you know, I love Brian Cranston. I do, but I just seen him rallying and you know, yelling about striking and all this other stuff. And, you know, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it's easy for you to say, you know, you've got your millions. You, you know, you probably have a sweet house and, you know, but nice thick bank account. But what about the, the coffee guy, you know, like that, and that, what about that coffee shop in the corner? That's not making any business. Like, anyway, hopefully it gets resolved. Um, speaking of celebrities, um, there's been some Jimmy Fallon fallout. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, some, some former coworkers, uh, was it Rolling Stone they went to? Rolling Stone, yeah. Yeah, and and they're uh, airing some dirty laundry about Jimmy Fallon and his toxic, uh, potentially toxic work environment and potentially uh, toxic Jimmy. You know, uh, was doing a lot of drinking and stuff. Um, my initial response was because I love Jimmy Fallon and and. He always seems like a really genuine dude, but I've also learned in life, you know, even the nicest people could be the biggest assholes, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, people are different when, you know, when you work for them, um, or work with them. And maybe Jimmy's one of those guys. Maybe, you know, like, uh, honestly, there, there's got to be something to this, you know, kind of like with the Ellen situation, um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, I really don't think a bunch of, you know, people behind the scenes are going to, you know, make up stories uh, for, you know, for what, you know. Um, and I can see, like, from Jimmy Fallon's perspective you know being on the tonight show having to be on all the time like you know it's, it's definitely stressful um some people don't handle stress well some people turn to drinking for stress some people lash out when they're stressed um some people you know may say inappropriate things when they're stressed um but yeah you know hopefully this gets resolved and, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't wish Jimmy Fallon ill. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not as bad, you know, like I, I, I don't like, I don't know. I just hate to see the guy get, you know, flushed down the toilet, but I, you know, I don't think he's, and he's not a Harvey Weinstein, but. Oh no, no. Um, I mean, I could see Jimmy, or, or you mentioned Ellen. I could see the the pressure of it's my name on this product. So 
if any of you fail the the staff of dozens to hundreds that it takes to make such a show, if you mm-hmm. fail and you screw up, it's my name on this. Yeah. So I can I, I could I could absolutely understand that pressure. But the way you go about it, you know, like I've never been loyal to a to a micromanager or to someone in charge who's up my ass all the time mm-hmm. or or someone that, you know, is with an iron fist for things. Mm-hmm. But the person that's right there with me and making me feel like a team, I'll go to hell and back with you. Yep. You know, so, I mean, like, I never heard of Johnny Carson having these issues. Who did it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I never heard complaints about <clears throat> David Letterman. You nope. know, like, there's people that did, the, they've also done this every weekday for years, decades. Yep. And you didn't hear stuff like this. There was, um, who, I can't even remember where I found it now. It was when the story first broke. But someone said, I'm so glad this article came out. I've been saving this clip for years and send it to friends. And they had the clip at the ready. I don't know if they, like, you know, put it on their phone or had a YouTube video or what. But Phelan's clearly drunk doing an interview on Tonight Show. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, falling over. He's, you know, he's not, like, passing out the chair or anything. But he's the guy at the bar that you're talking to and you're like, oh, you've had a little too much to drink. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like you can, you can just, you can just tell. Yeah. And I'm like, he's doing the show at, you know, he's not doing the show at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. You know, he's doing the show at five o'clock. Yep. And and then they all go home, and you're that crushed at work. Yeah. What what's going on here? And and I I I get that it's TV and it's stressful and the pressure and everything, but. If you're worried about everyone else doing a good job, so you look good, then you got to do a good job too. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you jump over to the Ellen one. Once it came out, like, hey, she's, it looks like she's a huge bitch. Mm-hmm. And then you see certain clips, and you're like, oh, these things where I thought people were joking, they're not joking. Yep. You know, there's stuff that you thought was a little, you know, play a little tat tat. No, there's some people, celebrities, just flat out calling her out on stuff, but it's played up like a joke. Yeah, we know it's not a joke. Yeah, like the Dakota Johnson. That yeah, oh my God. And the the time when she was uh, on like Taylor Swift, like she kept. Oh, you were with so and so, and like she was almost crying. Yeah, it's like. She told you no. Like, clearly, you know, you're you're bothering her at this point. Well, I mean, like, I, I wasn't a fan of Rosie O'Donnell. just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see her being annoying and like, all right, that's just not my humor. That's not my show. But I never thought she was, like, a horrible person. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought she was – I thought she genuinely enjoyed her job. Yeah. You know, and some of these people just – Ah, I, I, I'm not saying I could do it. At all, I'm not saying I'm like better than them or anything. But some of them was like, if if you hate it that much, walk away. Yeah, but that's the thing that they might have grown to hate it, but they love the money. 
True. Or or then you're locked into a contract too. Oh, you had high ratings, so we're gonna lock you in for next ten years. And it's like I don't want to do this for ten more years. Yeah. Yeah. When Rosie was on the air, I used to like Rosie, and I I mean I still like Rosie. I I see her and here and there, and you know, um, but. The, the only thing I didn't like about Rosie was sometimes she would go political. And it was like, don't, you know, people don't want to deal with politics on daytime TV. You know, like they want to see the interview with the celebrity. They, you know, like there was one episode where she got into it with Tom Selleck about gun control. Yeah. And Tom Selleck's like, I'm not here to talk about that. You know, and this was after a shooting. I can't remember if it was Columbine or, or it was something like that. And she just kept it up. And then he was, I think he walked off. I, he was like, I'm done. Like, you know, that's not what this is about. Because he was, you know, he's part of the NRA or was. I don't know if he still is. But, but uh, you know, like I understand being upset and, you know, but. You know, don't don't attack a guy for his political beliefs on on a show that's supposed to be lighthearted for you know people sitting at home. But anywho, uh, did you have any news there, Kev? Oh, let's see here. I would again. I have a notebook out tonight. Nice. All right. Um, so I I consider this a bait and switch. And you know, clickbait, and and I don't know if I'm blaming the the production company or if I'm blaming the websites, hmm. but they announced that there's going to be a Buffy sequel, and that many members of the cast will be returning for it. So I, of course, immediately clicked on this. I'm like, oh, is that going to be on CW? Is it a movie? Is it, you know, what is this? It's an audio drama. Hmm. Nothing against <laughs> audio dramas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I use Spotify all the time. I've used Audible before. I've checked out audio books. Uh, apparently, there's a Sandman one that's very yeah. good. I, I was going to say, the Sandman ones are... I still have to get through the first one, but I have two and three also. And, it, it I mean, it's amazing what they do with those audio... It's like the old school audio dramas like that you know like when people just listen to the radio like it's it's high quality but i i I can't listen to it when i drive i gotta be like laying in my bed listening to it or something focused yeah 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 well and and, uh i'll listen to uh, our local national public radio our local npr Mm -hmm. um at night they switch over to like old-time radio dramas Mm mm-hmm and, like, I've heard, like, Burns and Allen classic bits and some of the funniest things in the world and some great, you know, dramas and mystery and suspense and westerns, just all sorts of stuff. You know, the old Superman radio shows, mm-hmm. like all sorts of stuff. So I do have an appreciation and enjoyment of this. But when you say cast has come back for a sequel, I don't count an audio drama as a sequel. Yeah, I think it was absolutely bait and switch. And as far as I can tell, Sarah Michelle Gellar is not one of the voices on here. Really? Yeah, it looks like Spike, Giles, Drusilla, uh, Cordelia, 
Anya, Anya, and Tara. I don't know how Tara's on here, but, you know, maybe it's explained as you listen. And I'm just like, this, that's a good cast. This sounds great. I'm curious. This is not a sequel. It's got to be another word to use here. <laughs> yeah. Like a continuance or? Yeah, because, I mean, like, when when the Buffy comic came out, they said it's Buffy season nine. This would be, if this show continued, this would be how the story would go. Mm -hmm. But no one called it a sequel. No. And also, all right, so those Buffy comics exist. So does this exist in that same world? Probably not. So which one's the sequel then? Both? Neither? Nothing? A Buffy multiverse now? Yeah. All right. Um, I was like, yeah, go ahead, uh, but if not, I got another topic here. I got nothing. I'm all, I'm all top got top out. Okay, Chris, have you ever read Fables? No, I know of them. Okay. I I have the Cinderella miniseries, and I have another one, but I've never actually read like the main series okay so fables is a dc vertigo comic taking most of your like grim fairy tale characters and other yeah i mean fables is in the the word other characters like that Mm -hmm. and imagining them as all living in the same area so um if I recall correctly, when it started, like the humanoid, anyone human or passing as human and attractive lives in Fable Town and all of your animals or freaks or whatever are in a farm upstate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's murder and there's mystery and there's, you know, uh, politics and there's all sorts of stuff. And it's all based on, you know, characters of legend and myth and fable. So... Uh, Fables runs, I think, 120 issues. Uh, Bill Willingham, who is the creator and writer, does something else. He comes back and uh, he signs a deal with DC to do like 12 more issues. And there's spinoffs and there's a crossover with one of the characters in Batman to just kind of get more attention on it and all. Mm -hmm. And he he agrees to do 12 more issues. Story was done. He agrees to do 12 more. Um, and people are waiting and waiting and waiting. They're like, well, where's the rest of it? Six issues have come out. And they're like, where is it? So about two weeks ago, he said, hey, I wrote all 12 scripts. DC has had all 12 scripts for quite a while now. I don't know why they're not doing anything with them. I'm actually pretty pissed off at DC, and I'll be addressing that further later in the week. Hmm. Okay, interesting. <laughs> then he comes out with, I have decided that all characters and fables are now public domain. Huh. And he's like, if you want to write, do a movie, draw, whatever, any character I created for fables, which granted are his interpretations of characters that are public, Snow White's public domain, Big Bad Wolf's public domain, but this is his version of those characters. It's kind of like Thor is public domain, but Marvel's version of Thor is owned by Marvel. Yeah. So he's saying these versions are now public domain. Do whatever you wish with them. DC hit back with like, no, there are characters and they're not public domain. And he's like, no, they're, I created them and I'm saying they're public domain. And these two are going to go back and forth for a while, I huh. think. Yeah. It's sounding nasty. But I mean, like, if, if 
he had like if you work for image like if mm-hmm. Todd McFarlane randomly said hey spawns public domain image doesn't own spawn Todd McFarlane does he could absolutely say that and let the world have spawned yeah you know certain people do create the characters so depending on what sort of deal he has with DC it's entirely possible even though they publish it he might be able to do it mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be some lawyers involved but then uh the point was made i was listening to a podcast about it and the point was made even if he's right warner brothers has deeper pockets they could mm. just drag it out in court until he's broke yeah i'm like yeah, i could see that too yeah but like man how bad you got to fight with your publisher to just say screw it i'm giving up all of it yeah and walking away yeah and just because they won't do the rest of his run. Like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be a longer, deeper fight there, too. Yeah. Well, all right. And the last topic I have, Chris, have you seen the Mexican aliens? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what the heck to think. Of. Like, it, it looks like someone did, like, a... Uh, a clay model of something and left it out in the sun and it hardened. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it looks like to me. But then there's, there's other reports saying like, Oh no, we we've been testing it and it's like 50% not human or, or, or something. I don't know. I'm like why, why are you even, and then sometimes some articles say it's Mexican government officially. And then some people are like, no, it's just random people bringing this out. I'm like, all this alien stuff is getting very interesting, but also very frustrating of like, mm-hmm. there's either something or there isn't. Can we just be done with it? Yeah. Like, can someone just say yes or no? NASA had a big press conference where they pretty much said, we don't have anything, but we think there might be something I'm like, well, that was a colossal waste of time. Yeah. Well, they're basically saying what, what I've been saying for her. <laughs> ever like the universe is so vast it like just from like if you look at it from a mathematics perspective it is impossible for there not to be life somewhere in the universe Mm. just with the sheer mathematics of it there's life out there what that life looks like i have no idea i i really i don't know I real like honestly, I think life like us is not as abundant as like Star Trek or Star Wars would let you believe. By that, I mean like you know, two arms, two legs, you know, that sort of thing. I think um, simpler forms of life, I think, are more abundant. Yes. Um, I think you know maybe even animal life is more abundant. But uh, intelligent beings, um, I think, is I think we're going to find is a rare thing. Um, but I do think it's out there. And honestly, I've kind of like because Stephen Hawking, he was not for us actively trying to, you know, send up a, a, a signal flare to our planet because he said you know, we might be inviting our doom, you know, like if, if, you know, if there's an alien race that is 
technologically advanced enough to come to our planet, it would mean that they have technology that is beyond our current capabilities, which means they could potentially conquer us. We would no longer be the dominant species on the food chain. And who knows if we would become like, you know, they would treat us the way we treat cattle. Well, there's, I, I'm following a lot of it right now because I, I do feel like something's about to break. Like there's too much discussion. There's too much going on. Something's up. Yeah. I don't know what it is yet, but I absolutely believe something's up. Now, I forget who said it. Um, I don't think it was Hawking. I want to say it was Arthur C. Clarke, but I could be very wrong. It could have been like Carl Sagan or, or any number of people. Yeah. But the quote's something like, either we are alone in the universe or we're not, but both answers are terrifying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, that's an excellent point. Like, either there is stuff which is like, oh, shit, we're not alone. Now what? Or we are alone and why are we alone? How are we alone? How'd that happen? Like, yeah, absolutely right. Either questions or either answers scary to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely believe like, I, like I think there's stuff elsewhere, microbes, bacteria, simple mm-hmm. animal life, fish, you, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. For sure. Um, I think we'll find evidence eventually of, some sort of fossil record on Mars. Absolutely. Well, I think we will. Like, I, on, I'm not good. Like, honestly, I think we have life in our own solar system. We just haven't found it yet. Like, yeah. Um, Europa, they, they figured that's a good, uh, possibility of, of life. Um, yeah. Titan, Titan, you know, it might be not. And that's the thing. Like our definition of life uh, I don't think is the only definition that's going to be out there. You know, like some aliens, and this is kind of where Babylon Five was kind of cool, like because they were kind of ahead of the game. Because like in their in their on their show, they would have the alien sector of Babylon Five, where they ha- would have like different atmospheres and stuff that humans couldn't go into because they would die. Uh, because you know you may encounter an alien race that breathes in. Uh, 100% nitrogen and no mm-hmm. oxygen. That's how they breathe. They live off nitrogen. So like a place like Titan might have something there where, you know, you, their, their life forms are of, you know, they're adapted to lower temperatures. They get their heat from the core of the, the moon. Um, and yeah, maybe they breathe in like nitrogen instead of oxygen. Yeah, and and I absolutely believe we'll find something <clears throat> simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, once things are expanded and everything, like I, I I understand the if there is life, sentient life that could travel between stars mm-hmm. out there, they are more advanced than us, and they could take us out. But also if there is something advanced out there, they're already out there and we're still standing. Mm-hmm. So again, the chances are if there is something, they're either ignoring us or we're not a threat or there's some sort of deal. Now, have you heard the, 
have you heard the disclosure rumor? I'm not sure. This is crazy, but I keep seeing it everywhere. And, you know, tinfoil hat warning and everything here. Okay. So the disclosure rumor is that your certain higher first world countries have been aware of aliens visiting Earth for decades, mm. at least, if not longer. But there's been the agreement of let's keep it quiet because you all of a sudden say aliens exist. You could have a panic. It could have effect on finances. It's I, I absolutely believe they'll have an effect on religion. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that it would ripple through. Yep. And apparently whatever alien group there's a contact with said by 2025, there needs to be full disclosure. All of earth needs to know we exist and whatever world leaders or whoever said, we can't just come out and say that you can't just put the president prime minister on the news and say, aliens exists. We've been keeping it secret. Sorry. See you later. Mm-hmm. You can't just do that. But this slow rollout of, hey, here's these things flying around. We're not quite sure what they are. Hey, we think they may have come from somewhere else. Hey, we don't know what's going on here. Like just every month, every couple months, having a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So people are slowly getting used to it. By the time you say in, you know, this 2025 thing is true, two years later from now, as you're doing little by little by little, by the time you finally say, yes, there are aliens, People are like, oh, well, I saw it coming. I, I've heard the news. You know, I've heard these stories for the last couple of years, and I was used to it. So it's the reason why all this stuff is happening now mm. is the slow rollout of information until <clears throat> we get used to it gradually. Yeah, I, I can see that. The only thing uh, is I don't think it's particularly governments involved. Um, because like, honestly, Joe Biden, you know, God bless him, but he ain't doing so well. I really don't think he could keep that secret. Um, I know Trudeau would probably tweet it out. Um, (laughs) so I don't think he would know. Uh, but I, I really do think, and this has nothing to do with QAnon or pizza gate or, any of the other theories, but, and I've, I've thought this for years, like, honestly, like since the X-Files, I do think there's a cabal out there that is running things that we are not aware of, that our governments aren't even aware of. Um, and I think they're the ones that know about the aliens. Well, there's a cabal. We could go to billionaires and, Near, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to see the first trillionaire within the next few years, which is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but your billionaires, your your powers behind the powers, and all. One of the other theories, which is interesting, that I can I can get behind this one some more. At some point, one of these UFO crashes is real, is legit, happened. Mm-hmm. Pick Roswell, pick another one, doesn't matter. But one of these did happen. And the vast jump we've seen in technology in less than 100 years is because 
certain scientists and engineers and everything that were able to keep quiet took one of these down to craft and have reversed engineered things. Mm-hmm. So our phones, our computers, radar, you know, all sorts of things is we found things in this craft and have reverse engineered. Yep. But you you keep it small, so you keep the secret. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've gotten to a point where they're like, hey, we've gone as far as this small group of people can. We need more people involved here. If we're going to get anything more out of this, we need more hands on deck. We need more minds. We need to be more open about this. Yeah. We need to get MIT and Harvard and, you know, our best brains on it. But if the more people you're going to put that out to, the more chance of everything coming out. So why not just have that information come out and say, hey, if you want to work on this project, we're hiring. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do. And I could I could absolutely see that. Hey, we've gone as far as we can making money off of this. We would like to make more money, so we need more people. <laughs> yep. Um, but to go back to the the alien theory, and I've thought about this for a while, and and maybe this is part of the the cabal's plan because, like you're saying, like all this alien stuff, um, you know, like it's in a in a preparation for you know. Surprise, you know, like we, we, we've known about this. But I'm all, I'm kind of wondering if all this multiverse stuff is also playing into this. Yeah. Um, because to be honest with you, and, I've, and again, I've been saying this for a while, I think it's more likely that we're going to make contact with another Earth in another dimensional plane, another universe, whatever you want to call it. I think we're more likely to do that than to make contact with an alien race out in the galaxy. Just because, um, again, this is multiversal theory, the Earths in the, throughout the multiverse are right there. They're right with us. We just don't see them because, you know, they're in another universe and different dimension, however you want to think of it. But they're there. They're close. We just have, we just, for, well, as far as I know, we lack the technology to cross over to that universe. Like, I think, like, uh, trans-dimensional travel uh, across universes, I think, is easier than spatial travel like it's easier to travel through dimensions than it is to travel through space. Just I can be- see that. Just because space is so vast and like I mean um you know the you know uh, what's the nearest star system? Uh, Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri and it's how many light years away? 4. 4 light years. Um so that's trap that that would take you four years to get there, traveling at the speed of light. So without traveling at the speed of light, it's gonna take a hell of a lot longer to get there. Um, nothing we have can travel the speed of light. So even like reaching, you know, a distant planet where we suspect there might be life, 
you know, like say it takes 400 light years to get there, that's 400 years. You know, like even traveling at the speed of light, like it's not easy. Um, but traveling dimensionally, I think, would be easier because in theory, um, we're, we're uh, right next to them. So maybe some of these aliens, some of these spacecraft that, you know, have crashed and stuff, maybe they don't necessarily come from the stars. They might just come from another dimension. Um, if you ever watch the TV series Fringe, it... it I was it, just thinking of Fringe. Yeah, that delves into that a lot. Um, and yeah, like they... Um, because in the universe... In that show, uh, the the second Earth, they were more technologically advanced than our Earth was. So that's so they literally would take like a a smartphone and reverse engineer it for us to use because they already had the technology. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting interesting theories. We should have done a whole topic about this. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there'll be more. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the final segment of the evening, and that is our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where we discuss things that we're reading, watching, um, viewing, whatever, and we can make it a pick or a pan. Um, oh, man. Are you, do you hear that bloop on your end? A bloop? Yeah, like this... I keep getting these Skype messages from this person that wants me to click on Emily9506. And then I, I click off and then I get another one. It's like, it's like I'm getting spammed. No. Skype, Skype spam. No, I got nothing. But yeah, it's so annoying. Um, so I don't have a lot to talk about. Um, Ahsoka, I, I've still only seen the first two episodes. I'm told that it's better, but I'm also told that some people are not happy with the writing because there's too many plot contrivances. There's too many things that have to work out a certain way that always work out. Otherwise, the plot would go nowhere. Um, and then I, I went on my little rant there a couple weeks ago about uh, Disney lightsabers, like people literally getting stabbed in the stomach and they just walk it off. Um, I really hate that. Really hate that. Uh, but I will continue watching those episodes. And, and I, I heard spoilers that they finally show Grand Admiral Thrawn on this week's episode. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm, Still got to watch Foundation. Um, you know, I'm behind on so many shows. Um, my reading, I'm still behind on that too. Uh, but I did order a new book this week. I believe it gets delivered either tonight or tomorrow. It's called 19 Steps. It's a novel by actress Millie Bobby Brown. So she oh. played Eleven on... Um, uh, what you call it on uh, Stranger Things? Um, so I'll just 
uh, read this iconic Emmy nominated actress and producer Millie Bobby Brown's 19 Steps is a captivating novel inspired by true events of her family's experience during World War II. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, uh, she's quoted as saying, I was inspired by my nanny, Ruth. This book is very personal and close to my heart. I grew up listening to the stories about her time living through the war. I'm honored to keep her story alive. And that's from Millie Bobby Brown. So yeah, it's, it just came out recently. Uh, let's see here. It came out September 12th, 2023. Uh, so yeah, I ordered it up on Amazon and I'll give it a read and let you know what I find. Sounds good. So I love, I love, uh, you know, historical novels. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Kev, what do you have this week for brain candy? All right. So finished, uh, Sandman volume nine, only one more left for the, the, the first run, and then there's a couple things that Neil Gaiman did after. Nice. But uh, finished Sandman, The Kindly Ones, which was volume nine. That was rough. Mm. Um, I had no clue anything coming. Uh, don't want to spoil anything, but I've been posting every like uh, mm -hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday for where I'm at in Sandman, along with the podcast I'm reading along with. And Oh, jeez. I mean, it was rough. And, and and with the next volume called The Wake, you can kind of guess what happens in Kindly Ones. For mm. the next volume, be called The Wake. Yep. And that sounds like it's going to be pretty rough, too. Uh, but it's, it's amazing. I, again, said before, I can't believe it took me so long to read it, but it's incredible, and I'm glad I'm reading it right now. Awesome. Uh, speaking of waiting way too long, Chris, I know we're not talking to 80s movies this episode, but I did finally watch an 80, a certain 80s movie for the first time in my life. And I, I don't think I mentioned it last time. Pretty sure I didn't. But uh, I finally watched Roadhouse. Yes, I think you were. Did I mention it? You, yes, I think so. But go right. but go ahead. Like I, I, I remember watching that as a kid. I have not watched it since. Oh my god! It, just so good, <clears throat> so good. Um, just uh, uh, a renaissance man. Like here, here's his code of honor. Here's the way he's going to do things. He's going to clean up the town. Um, and you know, he's he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to, you know, beat people up. But he's he's got his code and he's got mm -hmm. his life and he's just a stand-up guy and you know word is bond and everything it's just fasting but there's there's great fights there's great hair there's funny lines there's pretty women like what a great movie i was just I, i'm watching it thinking how did i never watch this before i really i mean i know why because i assumed it was a stupid movie mm -hmm. i'm like this just seems like a you know, B movie. It's it's got a big actor in it, but otherwise it just seems like a direct to VHS garbage movie thing. And I got other stuff to watch. Like that's what I assumed it was, and I was. I mean, it is, but it's much more than that too. Yeah, I was very wrong. But oh my god, the movie's so much fun. I I would watch it again in a second. Yeah, he's I think an underrated actor. I I you know I'm not. You know, as much you know, I don't know. I I actually like Dirty Dancing. I like Dirty Dancing as well. Ghost yeah. is a great movie. Yes, he was 
awesome in Ghost. Yeah. Um, you know, and him, him and Whoopi together were just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he had a, we had a real good run. Yeah. Um, and I just watched uh, Injustice, mm. which is a DC animated movie based yeah. on the video game and very much R-rated. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Do you know do you know the idea of the Injustice video games? Yeah, basically um so from what my understanding is, Mark Wade went to DC and was like, I want to do a storyline where Superman goes insane. And they said, No, we can't do that to Superman. So then he went to Boom Studios and did um irid- uh Irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And then he did Incorruptible. But Irredeemable was his Superman goes insane story. So then DC was looking at what Boom Studios was doing and, you know, the word of mouth of Irredeemable. And they're like, well, maybe we could do a story like that, actually. And it would actually make us a lot of money. <laughs> and then Injustice came. And then, and then they did the comics and, and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so they did the, the video game first, they've done the comics, and now there's a animated movie. Now, the animated mm-hmm. movie is, you know, it's about an hour and a half. It's very streamlined for what the story is, mm-hmm. but you still get a lot of it in the the movie. Yeah. Um, it's nuts. And how Superman turns is very understandable mm-hmm. you can see how it happens and then how he gets worse I'll say and then also how wh- which heroes fall on which line with him mm-hmm. you know some understand him some understand him to a point and then say okay you've gone too far and some are against him from moment one yeah and it's it really in a lot of ways Injustice is DC out of continuity doing Civil War. Mm -hmm. But I think it's better than Civil War. Yeah. I mean, one, the fact that it is contained. It's just this one story. It's pretty much Elseworlds. Like, that does help a lot. Mm -hmm. And people can die and switch allegiances and all sorts of stuff along the way. But it really... In a way, if if um, if Killing Joke is Joker trying to say all it takes is one bad day, because he was trying to make Gordon have his one bad day, and and snap, and it didn't happen, but he was damn close, you know. Um, this is Superman's one bad day. Yep. You know, this is this is killing joke with Superman as the main victim of it. And alright, what happens? But oh my god, it's fascinating. Funny the movie is funny as hell. Um Harley's not a big part of the story. You know, she's she's uh I got like eighth down probably mm-hmm. <laughs> if not further. But when she is on screen, she steals the show. Um just, oh, it was so good. So good to just take this take. Now, I've seen, um, there's a lot of people on YouTube that will take video games and take the story parts 
and piece those together as a video. So you don't have to play the game and do the actual, you know, fighting and everything. You can just watch the storyline parts. Mm-hmm. And Injustice is fascinating. There's so many games of it and the work the comics in now and all too. Like, it's really fascinating world with all that they've done. This movie hits a lot of the the big parts of it, but there were still scenes I was shocked, absolutely shocked. I'm like, oh, they are not holding back. I'll have to check but, uh, that out. Yep, yeah, it's it's on HBO Max. I'm sure it's on some of the other things, but really interesting. Nice. Um, real quick before we go, I totally forgot to mention this. Um, I started a documentary series. Um, it's called RoboDoc: The Creation Ooh, oh, of RoboCop. Talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so RoboDoc, the creation of RoboCop, takes an in-depth look into the groundbreaking franchise and features new interviews with cast and crew, including Hollywood icons such as Peter Weller, Diane Robin, and director Paul Verhoeven. Um, I'm in the, I just started the first episode. Currently, there's four episodes. Um, let's see here. Four. Yeah, there's four right now but I believe there's going to be more coming out. Um, it's not on any streaming service in Canada, so I actually had to buy this. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think it was that much. I think it was like 13 bucks or something. It, was, it wasn't so, and these are like, um, you know, generally over an hour each episode. Uh, so the first episode is Destination Delta City. It's an hour and eight minutes. Verhoeven's Mantra is episode two. It's an hour and 17 minutes. Uh, third episode is Blood, Sweat, and Steel. That's an hour and nine minutes. And episode four is Murphy and the Machine. And that is one hour and 24 minutes. Um, so I see these were originally released in July. So I, I think it's, again one of those things that where Canada we get we get it last um so I don't know what it's on in the states it's got to be on uh, on a streaming service down there but it's nowhere up here I I actually had to buy this um off iTunes but it was worth it it cuz I I I love RoboCop especially the first two movies the first movie's my favorite but second movie I think is an under underrated. I, I think a lot of people don't give it as much love as as it deserves, and some people don't realize that it was directed by Irvin Kirshner, like the guy that directed The Empire Strikes Back, directed RoboCop two. So like, yeah, he he's amazing. Like he you know he did a great job on RoboCop two. After that, RoboCop doesn't really exist for me. The you know, RoboCop 3 was terrible. RoboCop, the TV show, it's like you could totally f- tell it was filmed in Toronto. <laughs> Ugh. That used to drive me nuts as a Canadian when I could tell what cities they were filming it in. And it's like, uh, I le- you know, I, I like, like, nowadays, um, like The Boys, for example, they film a lot up in Canada. And I can't even tell. Like, they've they've done a really good job of disguising the Canadianness of, you know, the on, uh, you know, like the, the, uh, 
the shooting, you know, when they do it outdoors and stuff, um, you don't get the Canadian vibe that you get from the 90s Canadian productions, but but anyway, I digress. Uh, Kev, did you have anything else for Brain Candy? Nope, that is what I got through this week. Excellent. Well, we almost went two hours, uh, yeah. and, we, and we didn't even have anyone else on with us, so it was a good episode. <laughs> um, so let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Uh, for myself, <clears throat> like I said, next week, um, we're going to be doing the Pop Culture Pub. We're also going to be doing Trek 1701, uh, the Beta Crew episode, but that will be released the week after. Um, so Geek Fallout Reloaded will be back in October at some point. Um, just uh, not sure when. Um, might be after the Trek 1701 episode, I'm not sure. Um and yeah, we don't really have it this year. We don't really have any Halloween specific episodes planned for Pop Culture Pub, but that's just kind of the way it worked out this year. Um, but I imagine what we'll still be talking about Halloween stuff in the month of October. So, irregardless, there'll be some Halloween talk. Uh, and then you can check out my blog, randomnerdist.blogspot.com. My I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at chrislock1701. Uh, so you can look at, look for me on there. You can send me a message. Uh, we have several groups on, um, Facebook. We got the pop culture pub podcast network group, type that into your search bar, uh, ask to join. You can join and, and see, uh, all the stuff that, uh, gets shared on, on that group. Uh, Kev, where can we find you, sir? All right. Um, I have not finished yet. I'm still in the process of altering everything over to at Hellions Team. Uh, the site is HellionsTeam.com now, and most of the other things are at Hellions Team, but I'm still going through, and I need to update, you know, things like links within the site and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, you don't realize how much you actually put into something until you got to change it. Yeah, because I, I sat down and I went through like the um, the different pages on the site, and I'm like, oh my god, I got to change this. I have to change this. I got to change this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I believe we can call this an episode. Uh, so next week, if all goes according to plan, we will be doing an episode of the Pop Culture Pub Podcast, where we're going to be discussing the three worst casting choices for a superhero film uh, or films. Uh, so on behalf of Kevin Decent and myself, Chris Lockhart, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk on this episode of Geek Fallout Reloaded. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> <laughs>